0: Hi, I'm Luke Campbell and I work for a small wine company. He's Luke Morris and...
1: I don't coach children's basketball.
0: And together we are Luke's Talk Wine, talking all things wine and booze and sometimes popular culture. Think when to drink, why we drink it and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke.
1: G'day, Campbell. How's coaching children's basketball going for you? Well... You start today, don't you?
0: Plenty of balls in the air, I'll tell you, next week.
1: great looking forward to it that's going to be a weekly update basketball update, update basketball chat with Campbell coming
0: your way but in the meantime we've got for you season three episode 11 and this week's topic is a topic near and dear to well really both of our hearts but especially mine is aged wine. Not all wines are meant to age, but which ones are? The two looks this afternoon, this morning, and tonight will debate that between us and see where we end up. And we've got a list of question from Sam in Mildura. Sam, being he or she writes Wine and cheese okay. matching yeah. is easy, yeah. but yeah. what are cheese toast? Now, this would be your wheelhouse, Luke, Luke Morris, uh, cheese toasty huh. wine right up your alley. But as always and every week, we ask the question, the fabled the fable and famous question, Luke Morris, what's been happening in your wine world this week, pal?
1: I'm excited. You've got the uh, Hottest 100 on vinified.com. It's a blog page. It's on the blog site. Ooh. Is that right?
0: Oh, is it ever? It's up there. I've done some keyboard mastery and there's a little bit of click, and a little bit of poke there and you punch in the WWs or head to and up it hops. And what you need to do is scroll down and on the blog page, it is the first, the biggest and the brightest page there where you can click the link and share your top five wines of the year.
1: I think so. We've we've only got a little a little while until we um actually start tabulating some votes and and seeing if we can make a call to whoever wins. But uh, the way you described your keyboard mastery, it sounds like you almost inadvertently <laughs> hacked Optus. It was like I did some things and it worked, and then Optus got brought down.
0: <laughs> well, did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Optus that what a scenario are uh, you with Optus? hope not um, we love we love our friends there at Optus but something's going on they're, they're playing around in the dark web where they shouldn't be I reckon <laughs> they're
1: not my friend I don't know whose friends they are they're not well, I suppose they've got they've got a lot of friends at the moment because they've got a lot of phone numbers and details or well, they don't is that the problem oh they all got taken away yeah they're, they're friendless now it's like being on, um, unfriended on unfriended that's a, that's a new word. That's a 20, 20th century word or 21st century. What century are we? I don't know. I'm lost. What's, what's the <laughs> topics this week? Let's just go to the topics, man. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So the topics are very near and dear to my heart and potentially yours, actually.
1: Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrish.com.au. Go there. See the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's dot com. acomau Have a great day. Aged wine. Not
0: all wines are meant to age. But which ones are,
1: Luke Morris? Uh, not all wines change with age. You know, you can age anything. Mum and Dad still got some... Nineteen eighty-two. Uh, I'm going to say Semillon Blanc. They've got something, some some Rosemount Estate Cabernet from the nineties, I think, in in the cellar. I don't know if that was built to age, but they're doing it. They're giving it a crack. Wow!
0: Anything well, Was
1: ages. it in a bottle or a box? It's <laughs> in it a bottle. Oh man, no. See. Okay, so th- there's wines that aren't meant to age and stuff that goes into a, the, the bladder box thing because I've seen those after a while and they expand. They go oh, through yeah. some sort of weird secondary ferment and start blowing, getting drunken themselves. <laughs> Loads of little boxes that, that burst themselves. They're funny.
0: Well, the thing is, yeah. I mean, as we've discussed on this podcast before, and we have touched on aged wines back in season two, and I think probably in season one as well.
1: But the, no, we're we probably always love... talking about it. But the thing, the question I want to ask you, which is probably what you're about to mention, that not all wines is are meant to age. So even though you can, even though say, classically Cabernet is a great aging. Grape because of its tannins and reasoning because of its um, acids. People can still make those things that, but they don't. They're not built for age. They're built for drink now.
0: True. Only ten. And this is a fact, little known, mind you. Only ten percent of the wines world. I screwed that up. Only ten percent <laughs> of the world's wine is actually built to age. We 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 love and romanticize about wine cellars and collections and stuffing something under a bed and it's going to be better in 10 to, in ten years time well that is not always the case 98% of all wines out there is not meant to last that long so I think you've really got to be cognizant of two things you, you've got to as you always say Luke Morris you've got to buy diversely and drink diversely sure and or do I say that one of us says that a lot
1: we both say that
0: we both say that and, and you've also got to be cognizant of the wines that with great pedigree because they're generally the wines that are going to age. So don't be just going out on a limb and, and putting some portuguese Vino verde down because you think it <laughs> tastes taste well in 10 years because it ain't.
1: Oh yeah, no I I remember often well, not often, but once in a while you'd get a a wedding couple come in so you want to give everybody a bottle of wine that will age better. In a year's oh, time, yes. like our marriage, and it's like, great. Um, what kind of budget do you have? Because <laughs> the ten dollar wines yeah. that you're looking $11 at, eleven dollars isn't going to cut it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what should we look for? Not all wines are meant to age. What are we looking for, Luke Morris? What's right. give, give us give us give, give the listeners one factor or one tip on
1: what they should look for? Oh, well, I think when you gave one, there was his pedigree. Like, that's an easy way to to see if it, the wine's got a, a history of ageing and there's all kinds of um, statuses that wines attain because of their, their age-worthiness. That helps. I mean, if if, if you don't yeah. have the ability to taste wine to the, to the great extent of being able to, you know, have that taste and go, oh, that's got a few more years in it, then... Just sadly, buying a label in that scenario works because then you've got a, a, that, that safety cache of history has proven this is a wine that ages, therefore I should be able to age it and see you know see how it improves.
0: The other big one for me is if you get the opportunity to taste the wine, you don't always, but if you're tasting the wine before you make an assessment on it, The length. So the length is kind of like the scaffolding of a wine, uh, along with the tannins and the acids, certainly. But that length is a great precursor for how a wine is going to age. If it hangs around on your palate for more than a minute or two minutes or three minutes, then this is kind of a supporting structure to the wine. But most of all, it's a great factor in a wine that is built to age. If you're drinking... $10 $10 Deacon Estate Cabernet, which may taste delicious in your icy cold tumbler, <laughs> it, may not, it may not be really built for ageing because it's it's short and sharp and potentially sweet. So it, it's not going to get those things. So, I mean, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I, what, what I am saying is, yeah, pedigree, definitely agree. Look at, the, look at a wine's length. Yep. So, they're, they're probably the two bigger factors. Um, you know, some people would say look at price. I, I don't necessarily look at price as a guide because there are some great $15 wines that you can age, um, you know, remarkably well. Um, they may not go 50 years, but they certainly might go 10, for, for instance. But so I, I think you've got to be cognizant of just out, the outlining guidelines, to, I guess.
1: To Bilk Marsan's an example of a cheapie that will age well.
0: Perfect, but,
1: perfect example. But what something you mentioned there, um, the length on palette and price. Here's, here's something that popped up a lot of people were telling me recently that Shadow Neft to Pup is uh not designed to age, it's so why that <laughs> It's it's a wine that best drinks young, and I was like, is it? I mean, I don't have a lot of Nerf to pop, and I don't haven't tried a lot of aged Nerf to pop, so I wasn't going to sit there and just say, no, you're wrong. But who it, it, have you tried a lot of Shadow Nerf Because I my understanding of that wine, it should age. I, I would have thought it would have.
0: Chateau yeah, Rayas right, says hello. Shadow uh, Montredon says hello. These kind of wines <laughs> from the 15th century say hello. Shadow <laughs> uh, Nerf de Pat is absolutely built to age. That's why they blended it with up to 16 different varieties because they're looking for the the, the same flavour. It comes out of a field blend. It's built for it. It's been planted as a field blend to, and built for stability. It's picked and, and uh, matured into a red wine for stability. So. Um, Yeah, so its pedigree is built for ageing. That is absolute rot, whoever's talking about
1: that. How long would you keep it for?
0: Oh, well, depending on the producer. But I mean, you know, like Rayas, you know, people say you don't drink them for 30 years. Like Reyes is the DRC of Rome, right? So, And what makes Reyes so famous, actually, uh, conversely, is it's actually predominantly Grenache. In fact, it might even be. Uh, 100% Grenache, which makes Shadow um so unique. But oh, there's a number, there's a innumerable stories of Shadow Nerf to Pap and it, its ageing um, uh, capability. So, yeah, no. so that, that person, he or she may think well, it's not built for ageing or they may enjoy drinking it young. I mean, that's a different story. If you enjoy drinking it young, you get stuck in. But those yeah. wines are absolutely built to wine. I mean, you you can consider vintages, you can consider, you know, the the year... Uh, as part of your guidelines, but just consider pedigree, consider length on palate if you get the opportunity to taste them. And from there, I I think, you know, it will be a great guide on on wines and how they age. Sure, not all of them are meant to age, but if you're tasting it, you should be able to pick which ones are.
1: Yeah, I think, well, in tasting, something that I I, I might've mentioned before, um, when you have a wine that is fairly full, and big, well, um, see, not, it's the length. It really is length on palate but I think is the, is the is the catch. If you've got that sustainability, yeah, Because yeah. yeah, even just big wines can, if they're Maybe just full of one that. character, they're full of oak or full of something, and, that, and once that disappears, there's nothing left. And that you know those primary fruit characters will fade. You need the secondary fruits and the and the you need that those other elements to kick it on, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. If, if you can't determine for yourself, and, and I often get asked that question, you know, how, how do I determine the link? If you can't determine for the link, look for particularly red wines that are with grapes that have either high acidity or high tenons or, or both for that matter. You know, you mentioned Cabernet Merlot before, Maureen. You know, Shiraz is another great example. Pinot, you know, bright acids. Nebbiolo with huge tenants. Like, these great varieties are exceptional. You mentioned big wines in the whites, you know, like so Chardonnay's from Burgundy, Austrian Grüner as we've discussed on this program before. Uh, high-end vintage champagnes are really high in acid. How can we forget Riesling on Luke's Talk Riesling? Like, these wines are incredibly palatable and age-worthy because of they're either acid or uh, phenolic tannin
1: structure. Yeah, I suppose that's why red wine ha- has a history of being better at um, aging because it has the benefit of tannin and acid. There's, there's more tannin. I think you, you can get tannins within whites. I'm, I'm sure there's a that's part of the the structure. Yeah, they're, not com- they're not completely empty, but there's much more within red wine, obviously because it's red. You can see tannin in it.
0: Oh, but that's it. But all you know, phenolics in whites play a present, but you, you hear it more and more, and read it on a wine label as well. You know, on on skins or with skins, or so winemakers, you know, the the he's who, and she's of the world are using skins in whites more and more. And I guess the the the, the thing is. You know, it, it's it's so subjective, but the, the, it comes back to that old adage. You know, don't just buy the one bottle; buy the one, two, or three, and then try it over time. And you'll you'll quickly work out for yourself. You know, try one at the first year, then try another one in a few years, and then one in five years, and then you'll quickly get a picture. I mean, it's a, it's a long term vision, but. Oh, I love telling customers that. You, need to, you need to buy a dozen and,
1: and, and be drinking them. And they're like, "That oh, can't I just buy like one or two bottles and just keep it for 10 years? Like, how do you know it's going to be better in 10, mate? You need to drink it over <laughs> a, a few years. That's why you get a dozen. Anyway. Uh,
0: and if all else fails, just, well, if all else fails, it's failed. Pretty <laughs> 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 No, no, no if, if all else fails, like every wine, they, everything ages differently. So it's, you know, if all else fails, just buy it and drink it with friends and decide amongst yourselves. It's a, a collection isn't good to anybody if it's not shared people's, really. And
1: aged wine and aged wine. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. the view Optus took with all of their data. It, <laughs> they had all these information, they collected it all, you need to share it.
0: You do need to share it. But all this talk about aged wine and drinking an acid making me hungry, which brings us to our listener question from Sam in Mildura. This week writes, wine and cheese matching is easy,
1: but what do I match with my cheese toasting? Luke Morris, this is for you. Um, so we've discussed this before. Wine and cheese doesn't go together.
0: Well, now hang on, hang on. You, this is, I knew you'd come out with this. As it turns out, cheese, which is custom customarily high in fat, coats the mouth and blocks all the taste receptors, right? So that's your argument. But the acidity and the sweetness of a well-paired wine cut straight through it we've had this discussion come on
1: <laughs> i'm trying to find an article because i took a photograph of it and then i thought oh, i don't want to start this debate again so i i didn't i don't remember where the article is but it's an article that outlined exactly my point that cheese doesn't match with wine and just stop trying to do it <laughs> Oh, I can't find that. Come on.
0: Cabernet (inaudible) Sauvignon and aged cheddar. Sauvignon Blanc and goat's cheese. Like Riesling and Riclet. Pinot Noir Mm. Brie. Champagne and Brie. Must I go on? (laughs) Uh,
1: I think this is Mike Benny here. When you eat cheese, you get a lactic buildup in your palate, which ends up neg- negating a lot of nuance in wine, says Benny. If you're drinking a big red and have a cheddar alongside it, the creaminess of the cheddar will end up straining your palate in a way that means you won't be able to appreciate the wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soft cheeses in particular can make red wine taste metallic. Yeah, 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 yeah. On it goes. I agree It's with that. no good. And... Blah, 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 blah. All, of it, all the a, whole There's a whole article. I'll, I'll send it to you, mate. You can you can read um, all about why it's not a good Max.
0: All right. End quote, Mike Benny. And we'll put that in the show notes, listeners, as well. I do respect Mike. I've got a lot of time and respect for Mike Benny. Uh, and what But you're going
1: to say how he's wrong, aren't you? You're going to say he's no, a goose. Mike Benny's a goose. You heard it here first. That's Luke Campbell talking.
0: Mike is a friend of mine. I didn't call him a goose. You're wording in my mouth. That's unbelievable.
1: That sounds exactly like a camel croak. Benny, goose, equal.
0: <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly with some of Benny's points, but I do endorse the others. But never the mind. Sam's question is,
1: <laughs> you endorse what, it, do yeah. what do you I match? What do I
0: match? He doesn't say what, wine. He says, what do I or she what do I match with my cheese toasty? So that's what I want to know from you.
1: Oh, what I have of cheese toastie. Do you know and this? And this isn't... Oh, she uh, She loves your wine bar? Or she loves... No, no, no. Uh, no, it's Arcadia. Yes. It was Arcadia oh, I went to. Sorry. Yes.
0: Correction, correction, correction.
1: Yes. Arcadia, they had a, a cheese toasty machine going and I sat in the back and had a... Um, Ooh. I'm pretty sure I had a German Riesling. It was a German Riesling and a cheese toast. Do you know what it is with this stuff? Here, end of day, is who gives a stuff? It it I don't, well, Sam I, does. I don't Sam I, wants to know. No, I don't I don't care if it doesn't match or if it doesn't technically work well together. I enjoyed my cheese toasting and my glass of Riesling sitting in the back of Arcadia. And you might have some much better because you're you're a smelly person. You're a smelly air. You know how the um all this sort of food-matchy sort of thing is supposed to go technically. I just sat there and enjoyed it. So I'm going to say have German Riesling and Campbell's going to correct me and tell me why I'm wrong.
0: No, I I love the option because cheese toasty. I think about all this fat, gooey, high in protein and richness. So I want something that's cleansing and acidic to cut through that. So I'm going to either, if you wanted a red option, I would take something like a Pinot Noir. If you wanted a chilled red option, I might say, uh, you're up in Mildura up there, so maybe an alternative variety, maybe something like a chilled Mencia from Spain would really work, Sam. Um, Dolcetto? Dolcetto might be a winner with my smoke and cheese toastie. The other thing that could work really, really well is... (gasps) Chenin blanc from the loire valley which has just got a little bit of a hint of sweetness maybe off dry oh yeah that'd be good what, kind of, cheese,
1: what kind of cheese what kind of cheese are they toasting is it is it like a, a brie is it like a camembert? is it like a, a
0: well a, a gorgonzola the was, is it the feta
1: was,
0: i think the question was just ambiguous because sam he or she is just stuffing cheese in it he doesn't it's he or she, it's non denominational,
1: it's just day. cheese. Yeah.
0: So you consider any cheese, it could be goat's cheese, we don't mind.
1: Doesn't matter if you if well according going to, to you no because you've you cooked it. it. No, I don't care. I don't care, but you, you're no, going you, to be... you've,
0: you've cooked it, you've covered it in butter, you've slapped it in the Japal maker. I don't think so. At this stage, no. It no. Doesn't
1: matter. All oh, right. Oh. great. Yeah. There you go, Sam. We've helped you out, it doesn't matter. Just, just, but get, get busy, you know, write in,
0: write in. How can people reach us here?
1: Oh, you can write in, you can leave us in your will. And if you uh, put us in the will and say, I dedicate this next uh, question to Luke's Talk Wine, and then your attorney or whoever's your person at the, um, the read, reading and, and enacting your will. There's an actual word for that person. I can't remember their name, but uh, they will then probably pass it on by email. Where they go, uh, Luke's Talk at Gmail dot com,
0: and write in with with your particular combinations. Whether it's Carmenere and smoked Gouda or Montepulciano and Parmesan Reggiano, or whether it's Brie and Champagne Savignon Blanc goat cheese. Whatever those cheese toasty combinations are, write in um, via your power of attorney and um, tell us what you think. Because we think there are some amazing combinations out there, and Sam is onto something with, his, with he or she's cheese toasty. The other one is Rioja and Manchegos. Imagine Manchego toasties and a glass of Rioja, white or red for that matter. Giddy up.
1: Hmm. You sound like you're excited. Good. I am excited. You
0: stuck a raw nerve there with your Mike Benny comments, but I'm moved on.
1: <laughs> I can't believe how much you called him a goose.
0: <laughs> Easy, Tiger. Uh, well, what a wonderful week and uh, a wonderful week it's been.
1: What have you been drinking, Luke Morris? Oh, uh, I had far too many beers yesterday. I did the um, Melbourne Half Marathon. And, did you? Uh, yeah, I, I caught up with uh, some runners afterwards and and talked running and had beer.
0: <laughs> that was talked crazy. running and talked. had beer and counted calories and added electrolytes. Is that what you did?
1: Oh, there was no counting of calories. Once you've done a once you've done an event like that, mate, right, the afternoon is yours to uh, imbibe. <laughs> Hamburgers. I had a. <laughs> I went to the Richmond Club Hotel and had oh, yes. a very very good. What was it? Pork and fennel sausage roll? That was yums. Yeah. Wow, look at that, eh? Yeah.
0: And a number of beers. Well, I can tell you for nothing, I have been drinking wide and varied, but something that caught my eye was none other than a Chablis. When was the last time you had a glass of Chablis, Murray?
1: Ah, oh, it could, could have even been at a lunch we had. It's that long ago. Old and decrepit. Ladies and gentlemen, Chablis, a medium
0: body dry white from the north, central north of France. Just, yeah, just, I revisited it recently over the weekend and I'm just like, wow, where have you been? Back in my life. It's, it's, so Chablis is largely unwooded, but very, very distinctive and very, very um, bright, linear, great, 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 great acid line goes great with just about anything and a smile i think but this chablis it, it was a Domaine la roche monte de tonnerre monte de tonnerre is a premier crew it's just a glass i could have had the whole bottle <laughs> um monte de tonnerre monte de tonnerre is probably the most famous of the premier crews in chablis and it's the one down on the river so it throws up all that kind of saline uh, ocean spray kind of gaff and um Wow, it just it just was one of those wines that just went on and on and on, and it threw up you know everything from pear to peach to blossom to this kind of stony, gun flinty thing. But it was just a just all the angels aligned, Luke Morris. I couldn't believe it. It was probably you know it was about um, it was quite expensive. I can't remember how, how how it was a glass, but it was tasty stuff. It was worth it. Just the angels aligned and the systems would go.
1: Good to hear. We did have that little investigation to see if we could uh, unearth Australia's best unwooded. Sorry, that's the terminology. Unwooded Chardonnay. Yes. Because there's nothing really quite like Chablis in Australia. I just don't think there is. It is that stuff. No, there isn't. And
0: you know what? Well, yeah, it was... Our mission, and it's funny, I thought about you just talking about that Chablis and our search for Australia's unwooded Chablis. We did talk about Goundry there towards the end of last season. And we <laughs> That's did right. Fight, um, Goundry, but I came across something and I was like, oh, no, where's Luke Morris when you need him? And it was, it, this, this was your laugh. It was, it was, un, was labelled Unwooded Chardonnay. Yeah. and it was 2021 good and it was from australia's great chardonnay producing region orange the, 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 um, south australia uh, it was south australia, the limestone coast
1: yeah the beautiful.
0: limestone coast now orange is a great chardonnay region
1: yeah.
0: um oh my gosh it was absolutely horrible um, um, ugh, it wasn't it was just it was giving the limestone coast a bad rap. It was the Stony Fell, the sellers, oh. if you one umpire, unwooded Chardonnay uh, from Lang, Langhorn Creek. Oh, it would make your stomach <laughs> curdle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so-
0: <laughs> so, don't buy that, ladies and gentlemen, particularly if you're wanting a wine that will age. That is not it. Um, but, yeah, we, we love all our uh, producers down there in Langhorne Creek. There's some stunning wines, but this is not one of them. Steer Clear, um, the alarm bells. Oh, yeah, no,
1: plenty cows. of good stuff out of Langhorne Creek, but apparently not Chardonnay. It's not a Chardonnay. Planting no. a Chardonnay in Langhorne Creek, you're a goose. That's what Luke Campbell says.
0: <laughs> yes, well, yes, uh, white wine and red sores. We know how that turns out. But, hey, oh, my goodness. Rosé. Hey, what, a, what a weekend's weekend. <laughs> Yeah. thanks everybody Um, it's with that that we have been the two Luke's talking wine culture and everything in between Um, we've covered some topics this week he's been Luke Morris I've been Luke Campbell you can find us on the socials out there in the never never Um, and other than that you can tune in next week we'll be back next week with another episode for you please don't forget to vote in our hottest 100 look us up www.vinified.com.au forward slash blog and the hottest 100 will be there but in the words of Tony Barber keep smiling and bye for now bye-bye Vinified are the wine cellar's specialists we're Australia's only personal sommelier service our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk wine. www. Finified.com